0: Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation, always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio, here's Jason
1: Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM and on Talk980AM.com. Also, thank you for listening on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. You can connect with me on Twitter, at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Appreciate you guys, all the downloads you've been giving the show online, and thank you for listening today. Real quickly, I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation. They are Krecher Heartland, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Real Estate Company, which is the finest in town, Kenny Hertz Perry, Attorneys at Law, Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer, who's a contributor. Johnny Ken also a contributor from Kenny Perry. And Andrew Bash from the Bash Group. Also, the Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange and Ryan Maybe, The Kansas City Power and Light District and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Fun show today, but I want to get, get right into it with our first segment. Uh, we have one of the Grill Nationals on the line, on the bad phone. We have uh, Andrew Bash, who is a uh, esteemed real estate individual here in Kansas City, who's an entrepreneur who started the Bash Group. Um, you can find out more information from them, from Andrew, who'll be our guest right now. Andrew, how are you?
0: I'm great, Jason. How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I haven't seen you in a while. I know you've been working really hard. Uh, got a email, um, uh, I found about actually probably from Johnny or Danny about some new, uh, new listings you've taken on in, uh, Homestead Country Club. Tell us about that.
0: Well, I'm super excited, uh, a partnership that I just, uh, finalized last week with, uh, uh, an unbelievable, amazing builder named Corey Childress that works um, all over the city, but he purchased the front uh, half of Homestead Country Club and is developing eleven lots over there. Going um, to be referred to as Homestead Estates, and these are anywhere from fifteen to twenty, almost twenty-four thousand square foot lots, and they range in price from three hundred and fifteen thousand up to four hundred and fifteen thousand. I already have reservations on three, four of those lots. So there's only five left and it will be the first new subdivision. Uh, Gosh, I can't remember when the last time there was a new subdivision north of 75th Street. Uh, You're going to be having homes anywhere from, gosh, I would imagine 900 to maybe a million four plus uh, or more. You'd like to spend that much with Corey, Uh, but Evan Tallon Homes is the name of Corey's uh, construction home building company, and he's one of the finest builders in Kansas City. And so one of the finest builders in Kansas City and one of the finest real estate agents uh, in Kansas City are working together to get these uh, these lots sold and then new homes put on them.
1: Sounds like a match made in heaven. Andrew Bash, the Bash Group. Uh, tell, for our listeners who maybe grew up like I did in the Northland, tell us where exactly Homestead Country Club is.
0: Okay, so Homestead is right around uh, 65th, 64th, and uh, Mission Road. It's directly across the street from Mission Hills. Uh, The thing I love about it is the opportunity to have um, estate estate homes, high-end homes in Prairie Village where you're not paying the taxes from across the street of Mission Hills, which is always good. Mm -hmm. The property uh, prices for lots all over Prairie Village and Mission Hills have gone up. Uh, exponentially in the last 12 months where it's really hard to be able to find a place to build something. The the thing I love about Homestead Estates, which is really exciting, is you're going to have one neighborhood that is, you know, all high-end homes. You know, sometimes if you buy a, a lot in, say, Reinhardt or Indian Fields or even in Mission Hills, you may be next door to something that, you know, might be a $200,000 house next to your million-dollar-plus home. Which isn't a bad thing. I'm not knocking. Well, out. What I, if your I neighbors? What if your
1: neighbors Jason Grill in that two hundred thousand dollar house?
0: Well, in that <laughs> case, you really you have a two hundred thousand dollar house, with, which every time Jason is inside the home, the home is worth a million too. <laughs> Obviously, goes up a million dollars every time you go into your garage. Sure. The problem is when you leave your garage to come to your radio show or to go pimp out any of your clients, the house goes back down to two hundred thousand.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that that's the exciting thing about this. So so. Um, if you want to check out Homestead Country Club, it's online at homesteadcc.com. Also, the Bash Well, that's
0: group. not what you're. You're not wanting to check out Homestead Country Club. What you want to do is check out Evan Tower Homes.
1: Okay, Evan's Tower Homes.
0: E- no, no, no. Evan Tallon. Let oh. me actually tell you the exact.
1: That'd be great. While you're looking for that, I will mention that uh, you can find more information about the Bash Group. Uh, Andrew has been a great supporter of Grill Nation and. Deals with you know houses from uh, middle size to large all over this Kansas City area. That's at the Bash B A S H Group dot com. Uh, great website and check it out there. Also, Andrew's phone number is nine one three seven four 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 seven zero zero. Give us that information. With
0: Evan Talon Homes. It's www t a l a n homes If you go to that website and go to Available Homes Lots, you will see uh, the Homestead Estate Lots. You can Mm -hmm. check that out, as well as a number of other lots that uh, Corey has for sale and homes and his portfolio. He he truly is one of the premier builders in Kansas City. A lot of people already know him very well. Um, I just... I'm excited about being uh, having the opportunity to work with him.
1: Hey, Andrew, uh, does this type of collaboration happen very often in Kansas City?
0: You know, it's funny. Um, I will tell you, I I just am so grateful for the opportunity to work with him. And no, it doesn't. I mean, ever, how, in, for some of the people, they understand. Like Homestead has been uh, uh, a great little country club. Has had tennis and swim. For a long time, um, they made the choice to um, sell off the front part of their land so that Corey could develop it. It also helps them and what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, the, the collaboration part, I'm just, builders and, and real estate agents work together all the time. I think what's exciting about this is to have a builder that has the whole mindset that I do, which is it's all about the experience that you ha- you have when you're buying a house, building a house, selling a house as opposed to, let's see if we can just get this done and it's a transactional thing. He is very much relationship-oriented, just like I am. And you don't find builders a lot that work that way. Uh, And to find one that there's so much alignment with the way that I work and the way that he works, I think that kind of collaboration is pretty unique.
1: For sure. For sure. We got about a minute left, Andrew. Anything else you want to talk about? I know that you're a really good source of professional advice. Uh, who do you look for when you, in you, your day-to-day life for professional advice? Or what, what are some books you've read recently that you could, you could tell our listeners about?
0: Um, I am reading uh, a book called, uh, The Influencer right now, which I think is amazing that, uh, one of my friends recommended for me. I can't remember the name of the writer. I think his name is, uh, Greeny. Um, I, uh, you know what, I'm always looking just for opportunities to meet and talk with guys that are doing exciting stuff. I, I was fortunate enough to have coffee this morning with a guy named Bo Fishback.
1: Great guy. He started, he's been on the show.
0: Yeah, loved him. Just His company he's created, Zarly, I recommend every single one of your listeners goes and checks out Zarly and starts using it. When he was describing what he's doing in the company, I just was blown away. That's... And it's Z A a r l y i believe dot com and if you need any kind of home service stuff at all painters plumbers uh anything you should immediately go and start using his website it's unbelievable
1: andrew bash the bash group dot com greatest real estate agent here in kansas city thanks for coming on grill nation man real quickly today i appreciate it
0: hey thanks jason i appreciate you having me on the show
1: we'll be right back on grill nation like your hair's on fire Thoughts running fast Like a man on the wire Can't stop laughing But I don't know Yeah Yeah, I'm up at Brooklyn Now I'm down in Tribeca Right next to the Narrow. But I'll be hood forever I'm the new Sinatra And since I made it here I can make Welcome it back here. to yeah, Grill Nation Thanks for joining us today On 980 AM KNBZ And on Talk980AM.com Also on iTunes Tunes Radio and Tune In Radio for all those podcasters out there. We're we're hitting all all uh, levels here. Also check the show out on grillnationshow.com as well as on talk980am.com and as always you can find us on social media at uh grillnationshow and at jason grill on Twitter as well as on Facebook and Instagram now as well. I do not have a Snapchat, but I do have an Instagram. If you want to follow me on Snapchat, you can at Jason Grill. I'm posting some funny stuff every once in a while for my travels. I love that Snapchat. Snapchat app is a great, great uh, invention. But uh, We're going to talk about another good invention here on our, our next segment. Um, we have Ilya Tabak, who is the founder of Edge Up Sports. Fantasy football is right around the corner. The football season, I believe, starts on September 10th. Uh, with the first game on a Thursday in September 13th for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, uh, I think everyone out there or knows someone out there that plays fantasy sports. Uh, and fantasy football has always been big to me and my friends. We've, we have, uh, drafts this week, but we've always, I think I've been doing it for about 20 years now. We've always, uh, it's kind of a good way to get together with your friends to give each other a hard time and, uh, and just have a good time with it. So, uh, this new company called Edge Up Sports, well, not that new, but pretty new is running a Kickstarter. Uh, you can check that out at Kickstarter dot com. But Ilya Tabak is the founder. He ha he happens to be in studio and uh, look forward to talking to him. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good to be back again. Okay, so yes, you've you've been on before. Uh you're a great entrepreneur here in Kansas City, but this this is this is really in my my wheelhouse here. We're talking about sports and fantasy sports, big data meets fantasy sports. Tell us again about Edge Up Sports and then we'll get into the Kickstarter.
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, the idea behind Edge Up Sports is there's a lot of kind of information, data, all kinds of stuff going on around uh football, right? And so when you play fantasy football, you're sort of like a manager, like almost like a coach, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a coach of a football team, you have a bunch of assistants. They're looking at game film. They're like processing all this stuff and giving you the information you need to make a decision. Uh So at Edge Up Sports, we're really taking kind of all the steps that we can and really building a platform to help you do that uh, and take all of these different pieces of statistics uh, news analysis, and really all kinds of things going on around the league and giving you like a super clean experience so you can just take a look at your palm you know, and, and your phone and see what's going on and kind of have that information almost like in a heads-up display.
1: And this is truly unique compared to other things we've seen in the past.
2: Um, yeah, it just as far as you're looking at the holistic fantasy football experience, so Yahoo on their platform does a little bit, some of the other platforms. You have your little
1: notes that you can see from different media outlets, right? but it doesn't really get inside the, everything. It doesn't put everything together.
2: Right. Well, and and so you can see they'll show you five articles and maybe like a synthesis. So this analyst says, here's what you should do, right? But you're not looking at all the analysis. And what we're doing is we're actually going out to a bunch of the different media outlets, actually using uh the uh, some, some pieces of technology to actually read the news, identify who's being talked about, what the sentiment is, and then learn a little bit about the analyst to learn whether they're optimistic or pessimistic. And that's just part, just that's just the analysis piece. Uh-huh. Right? Then there's also kind of the stats piece. Looking at mental, physical, and situational, and kind of what's what's going on with your starter and quarterback, or your starting running, back and that's quarters. kind
1: of what makes Edge Up Sports unique. Um, tell us about your partnership here with the uh, what is it, IBM Watson? Is that like the uh, the Jeopardy, the guy that beat the winner of Jeopardy? It was like a computer, computer. That did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a guy yet. Yeah, it's not a guy <laughs> yet. But uh, IBM Watson. So you've partnered with them in, in Edge Up Sports
2: yeah I mean really edge of sports is about bringing the coolest technologies, but really to enable a really clean, holistic fantasy football experience and so, as we started thinking about how do we deal with all this you know unstructured written analysis around the league um, and how do we actually make that accessible, especially as kind of a smaller newer company you know we don't have a thousand people sitting in in the office like reading analysis and writing their own analysis about it, uh, Watson kind of became a very clean um, technology to plug in and allow us to really be able to compute and process all this unstructured analysis. So traditionally, that was only accessible to humans, right? You and I can go sit down, read an article, understand who's being mentioned, what's kind of the tone of the article, that kind of stuff. Um, There's technologies within the Watson ecosystem that allow us to do that computationally. Uh, And so now we can go out and kind of process that, organize it, and present it in a really clean way. And so we reached out to IBM. Actually, the CTO of the Watson ecosystem talked at Compute Midwest, Um, last year, uh, early last year, and we were kind of like, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they were making some entrepreneurial announcements about their uh, cloud platform and things like that. And so we reached out, started learning about kind of the traditional question and answer API, which we're going to build up this year as well, Um, but then found out about and kind of learned about a a couple other interesting technologies that allowed us to do some very interesting things. And so we have a commercial agreement with them. where We're partnered um, on actually using some of their technologies as a core part of uh, the cognitive tier of our app.
1: That is that is impressive. Uh, Ilya Tabak, the founder of Edge Up Sports. Check it out at edgeupsports.com. You guys have received a plethora of uh, media exposure uh, for a Kansas City company uh, around the country. I, I'm going to name off some of these. Uh, you were in Esquire, uh, NBC, uh, their website, a PC World, Wired, Fast Company, CIO, Quartz, CNN, uh, IBM Watson, Startland News. I mean, you were in Huffington Post. You've been in about everything. Uh, which is pretty cool, right? I mean, you're getting a lot of exposure early on.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the, the funny thing. Esquire
1: especially. That's, <laughs> you don't see that every day in the tech world.
2: Well, you don't think I belong in Esquire. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's one of those things that really is, is a testament kind of speaks to how, uh, cross-cutting football is in America, right? Uh, so if you look at the number of NFL fans, it's about 117 million, uh, fans in America. That's more than a third of the U.S. adult population, right? Mm -hmm. And thirty three million approximately play fantasy football. So that's more than ten percent of the US adult population. Right. And when we talk about, hey, do you see Geno Smith get his jaw broken, you know, everybody or not everybody even if you don't know, a lot of people know. That gives us like a yeah. And that you know, kind of the ability to connect over a topic, it's so universal that uh, especially when there's a large kind of technological play or some kind of transformational thing in the field, people want to talk about it. Especially when it's, you know, kind of a great American company. Um, and the great American sport kind of getting together and making some waves. Everybody's like, well, tell me more. What does this mean? How yeah. does it work? And there's just a lot of curiosity. And the cool thing for us is it's allowed us to kind of channel and build our founding user team through Kickstarter. One of the things that's most exciting to us is that we actually get to build kind of this experience with our users. Uh, and so there's you know more than a 1,000 folks that have backed us on Kickstarter that are yeah. actually going to join our team now and we'll work with them to really knock it out on the experience side.
1: I wanted to get into that. Um, you guys do have a Kickstarter. It's uh, at kickstarter.com. The project is called Edge Up Sports. Fantasy Football Can Be Fun Again. Uh, as of taping of this show, you have over 1,056 backers. You reached your goal of 35,000. You're at 43, almost 44,000 with half the month left to go. You have 15 days left. And you were telling me all fair. you reached 55% on day one Yeah. of that, which is impressive, man. What, what it? And I'll say this, your video is extremely well done. If you haven't seen the video yet, uh, it was, it was filmed here in Kansas City, uh, the local high school, but it looks amazing. Like everything looks great about it. The video is very well done, uh, very professionally done. One of the finest Kickstarter campaigns I've seen in Kansas City in, in a long time. But what has that experience been like for you?
2: I mean, it's been great. Like, uh, folks I know kind of reach out and we've, we've actually been tossing around some ideas on what to do in sports. Um, you know, people I've known for years are like, hey, I didn't know you were doing this. Right. So that's, that's pretty cool. But, I mean, just generally the amount of support and outreach have been, like, pretty thorough about being very responsive to our backers and kind of uh, answering messages, answering comments, and it's been kind of a great source of conversation. And we really kind of take it very seriously when we say the founding user team. Uh, because they're kind of providing feedback and talking about, hey, these features would be really cool, already throwing ideas. Some of them have supported us at kind of like the VIP tier level where mm-hmm. we're actually going to uh, teleconference with them on a regular basis, so they they essentially join our product team, right? And so we can talk about, hey, what's really working, what's not, what's missing, and kind of develop and really tailor this thing to where it delivers the ultimate experience. Uh, and that's that's really cool. You know, a couple unexpected things, Uh Day one, we actually went to a local coffee shop down Mayest where we spent a lot of time anyway and took over the upstairs for half a day. And a bunch of people kind of came through. We had the Kickstarter on the projector and it was really cool to catch up with a lot of folks. Uh, cool. And just kind of hang out.
1: And you saw, so, you saw it going up and, uh, I will say this, you have, you can pledge up to from $2 to, uh, 6500 You guys have, what do you have? One, two, three, four, five, about seven or eight, maybe nine levels. Yeah. And uh, some of them already sold out.
2: Uh yeah, so the two early bird tiers, um, we were kind of monitoring the campaign. I was surprised that some of the full price tiers started going, um, kind of in the second half of the first day. And I was talking to the guys, I'm like, What's what's going on? They're like, Yeah, we sold out like three hours ago of the early bird tiers, both for the standard as well as the cognitive tier. And, and so you're getting just, you're yeah. getting
1: supporters from all across the country and the world, right?
2: World actually, yeah. Like if you look at the analytics on Kickstarter, our landing page, we've we've gotten hits from I don't know if I can say every continent but uh it's been pretty pretty well uh, attended from everywhere which has been pretty cool as well.
1: Um so we got seasons starting here soon. Uh what what what's our timeline here? How are these these Kickstarter deals? I know Kickstarter there's like a timeline there cuz we did one for Sock 101. So sure. you have to like fulfill all the needs of all these people how's that going to work on your timeline
2: here i mean for us so we close on september 9th you mentioned september 10th as the first regular season. oh they really game. they really lined that up for so, you huh? yeah <laughs> um so we close and we'll send our kickstarter supporters invites to get them activated on the platform there's been quite a bit of discussion on what do we do for the draft things like that we didn't build specific draft tools this year uh, it's something that we'll definitely look at in the future mm-hmm. but this year we're really focused on knocking it out for the regular season so what we'll do is we'll send the invites, get them onboarded and, you know, make sure that they have the tools available to help them manage their teams for the season and then also work on to continue enhancing the platform throughout the year. So, you know, with kind of their experience, multiple different platforms and things like that continue to tailor and improve. Uh, and really pull push features throughout the season, which is kind of cool because a lot of platforms don't do
1: that. So if people want to get involved, they need to go to the Kickstarter page?
2: I mean, that's the best way um and kind of the cleanest way for us because we have a uh, plan together on how we onboard them and do all that kind of stuff, and so that's that's the easiest and best way.
1: Very cool. So that is at kickstarter.com. The website, guys, we can check out all the information about and read some of the awesome articles on the national level is at edgeupsports.com. You also have a Facebook, Twitter and a blog up there. I'm uh, really, really impressed with the, the, all these media outlets and the Kickstarter. I mean, obviously, to reach your goal that fast is important. You still have 15 days or 10 to 15 days left to, to get on that at Kickstarter.com. Elliot Tabak, founder of Egypt Sports. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation, man.
2: I appreciate it. Hopefully we can tell you about how we're going to do video smack talk and we reach our stretch goal as well.
1: I can't wait. And hopefully I win my fantasy league this year. That's right. That's, <laughs> that, that's the plan. That's the plan. We'll be right back on Grill Nation.
2: First things first, I'm the realest, realest, Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right.
1: Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM and on talk980am.com. Again, I want to thank our partners and sponsors of Grill Nation. Uh, Actually, let me bring that up real quickly. We have a lot of them. Actually, let's not do that right now. We'll do that in our next segment. Uh, Joel Goldberg's with us from Fox Sports Kansas City, and he is the host of the pre- and post-game show on Fox Sports Kansas City for your Kansas City Royals. He joins Grill Nation from time every every now and again. He was on, I think, last uh, from a trip to New York or Seattle, so that seems like that was the beginning of the summer. wanted to catch up with Joel and talk Royals and uh, see how he's doing. Joel, welcome to the show.
0: Good to be back with you, Jason. And I—I uh, yeah, don't know which one came first, New York or Seattle. See, uh, New York came first. Seattle came after. New York was around uh, Memorial Day, and Seattle, uh, which was a more productive trip as far as wins and losses, was uh, in June.
1: Man, tell me about it. Like time flies, doesn't it? Especially when the Royals are good. I mean, you can't. I mean, it feels like it feels like we were just starting summer, and now we're almost to the end of August, huh?
0: Yeah, it's um, it. It's really hard to imagine. Um, it, it really has flown by. I think it always does sort of blend together, at least for me, when you're doing as many games. But well, I think the difference now is that, you know, in the past, okay, we did 140 games and it became 150. And people, you know, your diehards watched most of them. Your average fan watched some of them. And, you know, the, the you know the, the, the people that really weren't baseball fans didn't watch much at all. Now I think... The diehards watch everything. The casual fan watches almost everything. I mean, it really is appointment viewing to the point where when, when the Royals have a rare off day and there aren't really any left, um, I hear from a lot of fans saying, I don't know what to do with myself tonight. And I, I sit there and think, I'll, I'll take the day off. But it's really become very much a part of people's habits.
1: Tell me about that. So you have gotten more days off this year with the national attention, haven't you?
0: Not, actually, no. No. Um,
1: Oh, so you're working, too, when, when the when the game's no, on national?
0: No, I'm, I'm not working, but we're still doing the same amount of games. The difference, and this is where it's great for fans, you know, I, I hear from fans all the time when, when there's a, a game being broadcast nationally about, you know, they don't know anything about our team, we miss our local announcers, which is very nice and flattering. I think that happens, you know, in every market, um, uh, because they aren't your announcers, but... Um, we're just getting more national games now. those games that are national just weren't televised before so um i don't I don't think it's any more days off for us uh, we didn't we're not losing games <clears throat> and last year we went from one forty to one fifty and we actually ended up under that because we lost some of the national late. They had this thing planned out better, sort of expecting that so for instance, um, the game today Thursday is um a game that we were not originally scheduled to broadcast. Um, and they left that one open thinking if we lost a game, we could add that one. And so we did just recently lose a game um, to ESPN, um, and we added this one. We had actually added it a little bit in advance, I guess, so we're up to 151, now back to 150. But um, it's not any more days off for us. If anything, it still feels like it's less days off just because – I mean, you remember back you know, my early years here, we'd do 140, so that left twenty-two unaccounted for. and No one was touching those. I mean, there were. Tw- think about that. There were twenty-two games that were not on television. Really, you know, up until about two thousand nine, two thousand ten. No, later than that. Sorry, like about two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. And uh, and now virtually every game is on.
1: It's pretty amazing. Uh, I know I'm a, a one of those people that watches pretty much every night mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm in front of the TV. Even if you go to the gym, it's good to watch. You can kind of run a little bit further when there's a sporting mm-hmm. event on the TV. Um, Joel, tell us about, okay, so the Royals, I guess at this point in the season, a lot of people are wondering, can they win a hundred games? Uh, I think they have, to, I think they have to win about 20 more, 20 to 24 more games to get there. I think there's, you know, we'll, we, we'll have air this way. This is airing on Saturday. So, you know, we'll see where they are, but they'll, they'll, they should get pretty close. Don't you think to a hundred wins?
0: Yeah, they should. And, and they're, there's, you yeah, know, this is a bit of uncharted territory, um, for most teams, certainly for the Royals of, I mean, very few have had it wrapped up this early and they do. I mean, you know, like I was talking to my mom the other day they become big fans. They live in Chicago and, um, you know, they've been wrapped up in the fever too and watch on the internet. And she says, so, um, you know, do they have it? you know, could they, could they blow this? And I said, no, they, they can't. And she said, so they've clinched it already. I said, no, they haven't clinched it. I said, but let's put it this way. If they played 500 the rest of the way, the Twins would basically need to go like 39-0 and or whatever the number would be. Um, so, you know, it's getting back to that, you know, dumb and dumber line of, you know, so you're saying we have a chance. Um, they're, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're, they're going to win the division. Um, they have an incredible lead for home field advantage throughout. And and I think the uncharted territory part is just sort of how do you proceed going forward? And I don't think they will proceed. I think this will be a fan's thing. I don't think they'll proceed with the goal of getting 100 wins, mean that's a nice number. Um, they're not going to be any worse or better if they have 99 wins, 100 wins, or 101 wins. What I think will help them get there, though, is just this motivation for staying sharp. And if you look at last weekend in Boston, they played one of their worst games on Friday night. And... Um, you know, Jeff Montgomery, my partner, said that on on the broadcast. That he's a pretty easygoing guy that doesn't throw around the you know that term too often uh, or, or something like that. But but he was right. I mean, I thought about it. They, they didn't pitch well. They didn't play defense well, and that very rarely happens. And they didn't hit. It was just a bad game. And then they came back on Saturday Saturday, and I thought, you know, they're going to be pretty motivated. It just that was not Royals baseball. They've lost two in a row. And um, they kind of went at it like, you know what, we don't want to have a losing streak, and we're embarrassed. And then suddenly they rattle off wins on Saturday, on Sunday, um, you know, on, on Monday. And that's what I think will help get them to 100 is wanting to just kind of keep that focus, go into the playoffs, trying to get back to the World Series, and not falling backwards at all. And I think they do have a good chance.
1: Yeah, I think so too. the The all time Royals team with wins is a seventy seven team with one hundred and two, and I think another team had ninety nine at some point or ninety eight actually. So they should probably fall somewhere in between there, even if they continue to play a little bit less than they're playing now. I think that's the that's yeah. the way it'll be. Pretty cool if they can get to one hundred, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it will be cool, but I mean, I I think like in the back of my head, and I'll just sort of say this disclaimer right now, and and. And I know a lot of, not a lot, I mean, less fans in the past are, are kind of, I think in the past it was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, the other shoe dropped in like May, you know? Mm-hmm. Um if you were lucky, June. And, and last year it was, okay, when, when are they going to fall apart? When's it going to happen? And then I think a lot of people, most people became believers. Um, I don't think the other shoe has to drop, but the one thing I keep thinking about is the playoffs are a crapshoot. And what, what happens if, um if they get in with the the best record in the American League, which I believe they're going to, and um, they have a bad series and they lose, um, you know how how will this town react to a team um, that we weren't used to ever even getting to the playoffs, but then somehow suddenly could end up underachieving? Um, it's really tough to go back to the World Series back to back years. It re- it rarely happens now. With that said, I think they're the best team, and so I bring this up, Jason, because. Then we talk about 100 wins, how great it would be. Um, if if they win 100 wins, if they get 100 wins, 101, 102, you talk about that 102-win team, that, that team didn't even make it to the World Series. Um, this team will ultimately be remembered for what they do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that... I think that most fans would be if they get close to a hundred games and 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 fall short, you know, of the world. Actually, if they lose the World Series again, then I think people would be happy. I think if they made it, they'd be happy again. I think that if yeah. they don't make it, you know, that might be tough. I'm worried about playing at Yankee Stadium, to be honest. I don't know why. I just don't think the Royals play very good there, obviously, and that's kind of what scares me. I know they would have home field advantage, but I don't know. As man. Of right now, yeah, I as mean, of, as right, of right, now. right now, they
0: would. But you know, it's it's. I was thinking about this, too. Like, if you look at all the potential teams they could be playing... Um,
1: Blue Jays I and think, Yankees scare me the most.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the fan in all of us is going to find something to be nervous about in every opponent. I mean, Yankee Stadium, 0-3 there this year. It's 0-3 or 0-4, that was when I talked to you there. <laughs> yeah, it's um, brutal. I can't I can't blame you on that because, you know, they, they ended up winning. In you Canada. can blame so, the
1: socks um, that you were wearing that day that are now 0-4, I believe, or 0-3.
0: Yeah, it's 0-3 or 0-4. i I'm strategically... Um, Tried to start wearing them when just out and when we're not playing. Start wearing them against think...
1: some bad teams. How about that? And we'll see what happens.
0: No, because I feel like then. then I think I tried that once, and and, and they still lost. So I feel like it's definitely in the socks. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. But they're good-looking socks for anyone that's listening on Sock101.com. I'll promote it right now. The JG, um, named after, I, I believe. Named the, after the you, right? Show hosts. Um, not me, but, but they're good initials. <laughs> Um, very sharp socks. They're probably my favorite ones.
1: We maybe need to get you a new pair. Maybe we'll just scrap the old JG and get you a new pair of the JGs. uh, Start fresh.
0: That that, that could be... um, uh, Maybe that would work. We'll try out the part two pair. Um, But I I, I put them on the other night in Boston because I felt like, you know, the team's playing well. They're in a good spot. If they lose, um, you know, okay. If they lose, they can handle the loss. But if they win then the streak is over on the JG Sox. And that was the night that they played their worst game, one of the worst games of the year. <laughs> so um, I, I have some fears. over oh, that. But if, if, don't if you, worry those you, in
1: the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. Unless let get a no, new I pair for you.
0: They, they won't even get anywhere near anything in the playoffs, not even on an off day. But if you look at, you know, they didn't play well at Yankee Stadium. Uh, they didn't play in Toronto 1-3 uh, there. They didn't play well in Houston. They were 0-3 oh there. And those parks are all home-run hitters' parks, and the Royals aren't a home-run hitting team. With that said, they've, they've been so dominant at home and they have home field advantage. So I think there'll be some fears with every team that they potentially play. And also keep in mind that some of those teams we're mentioning right now are, um, they're they're you know, they, they, they could end up in the wild card. The Yankees or Toronto is going to end up in the wild card, might not even make it to the next round. Um, so there's still a long ways to go. I mean, I think the intriguing thing for me is just the fact that we've got, you know, five plus weeks of baseball left um, and a lot can happen with all these other teams whereas I don't think it's going to happen with the Royals.
1: I agree. Joe Goldberg Fox Sports Kansas City a Royals live pre and post game we're going to have you on for one more segment if that's cool. It'll be a short one uh, right after the break we'll be right back on Grill Nation
0: I the music up, I got my red on I shut the world outside until the come We could fly we all
1: have wings. But some of us Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Connect with me on Twitter, at Jason Grill, and out at, at Grill Nation Show. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation. They are Kretcher Heartland, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, a real estate company in town, Kenny perry Attorneys at Law, Catalyst Government Affairs, The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, J. Rieger & Co. Whiskey. Kansas City Power and Light District, and two West Advisors in Ryan Rink. Thank you for partnering with Grill Nation. And uh, let's continue on with Joel Goldberg, who is the uh, pre- and post-game host of Royals Live on Fox Sports Kansas City. You also see him during the game uh, on Fox Sports Kansas City during every Royals game. Uh, Joel, we were talking about the potential for a 100 wins. Let's talk about some of the upcoming uh, road trips you have in September Pretty vanilla trips for you. I feel like you're going to, actually you are going to Camden Yards. That'll be kind of fun uh, in September. Uh, that's a great stadium. They'll, I would assume there'd be a lot of Royals fans of that one just because of D.C.'s proximity and a lot of people that live out there. That'd be a good one. You,
0: you would not believe, um, last week, I think we talked about this when I was in Seattle too, but uh, last week we are in Cincinnati and um, there aren't a lot of fans there. And I'm not, I'm not mocking or ripping anyone because we've been there too. When you're not winning and you don't win for a number of years, people aren't going to show up no matter what the market. That's the case right now in Cincinnati. So you have a situation like that where fans, you really hear Royals fans. And Brian Pena, the the former Royals catcher who catches for Cincinnati, uh, now was was catching Johnny Cueto, you know, a month ago, uh, with the Reds. He says to me the second and final day of that series, he goes, man, Royals fans are really traveling now. When did that you know, when did that happen? And I said, it really happened this year. It started happening last year. But, you know, in the past, we'd get to the coast, and, and you'd get to somewhere like Baltimore. you have proximity to D.C. you get out to L.A., you get to New York, and there there would be a lot of transplants out there. Um, but, but not an absurd amount either. And now I think if you're a transplant, this is your one opportunity to go see your team, and you have to be able to go see your team because you've been talking to all your friends about it. Um, and then on top of that, what I'm seeing, Jason, is... Uh, People have scheduled their summer vacations around the Royals, and now we're getting into the school. Uh, but, I, I mean, it didn't matter if we went to Cincinnati, we went to Seattle, which is one of the hardest places to get, and there were, there were a huge amount of Royals fans there. Uh, it will be the same in Baltimore. I mean, it's, it, it's absolutely crazy. Um, the amount of autograph seekers, even the ones that don't know anything about the Royals that are just trying to make money, have doubled or tripled, um, it, it, you know, anywhere they go on the road. Um, I mean, it really, and then to me, it's something that I'll forever remember to hear the Let's Go Royals chant at Fenway. It's one thing to hear that at, you know, an empty stadium. Um, and their numbers are a little down at Fenway, but I mean, you know, they're still getting 35 to 37 for all four games and 37 to sell out there. And to hear on Sunday the Let's Go Royals chant with uh, Red Sox fans trying to drown it out but not doing a very good job of it was pretty surreal.
1: Did they, uh, was there a good outpouring of Royals support at the Boston series? Did oh, you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, it, you know, and in some ways, it stands out more there. Um, kind of like just, the Wrigley uh, Field
1: deal earlier this year.
0: Yeah, the only yeah, I mean, and that was unbelievable too. The only the only reason why it stands out a little bit more it's Fenway, like, a little tougher maybe to get tickets. So uh, I mean, I give a lot of credit to people that that had to spend a lot of money to to do that. Is that the blue just pops out in the red? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same thing like at Busch Stadium, which was definitely a bigger presence than we've usually seen before too. Uh, it, it, it it's really cool. I mean, it's. Um, I noticed it in the off season where I started seeing some people wearing Royals gear around the country and um or even if you were wearing something royal, somebody would stop you and say, Hey man, great run with the World Series and all that. So this team is very much on the map nationally and it really doesn't matter where they go, but you know, you talked about the trips that we have coming up. I think Baltimore's probably You
1: got Baltimore, you got you got Cleveland, you got you got Ty- you got all the division rivals. Uh go back right. to Detroit. But you do have uh, Wrigley Field again on a Monday. Monday night football as well that night. Chiefs Chiefs Packers. Monday yeah, the thirtieth or twenty eighth. Excuse me.
0: We may not get a great number that night. Um, you know, we typically are getting massive numbers. I, I think the Chiefs. I think I heard the Chiefs. You know, crushed us last weekend on, on Friday. But that was the night that the Royals went in the tank early, and then um, and okay, we we'll got the Chiefs playing. But um, by that point, I mean I don't. I'd be shocked if the Royals hadn't clinched at that point. Um, wow. So, you know, Packers, Chiefs, Monday night. Um, that that'll obviously be a big draw, but I have heard from a lot of people that have said that they want to come on, come into Wrigley that didn't get a chance to go the last time when, when they were rained out or just they weren't planning on it, and try to go back-to-back nights Wrigley one night and US Cellular the next.
1: Yeah, because then you go right into US Cellular uh, on the south side. The the seasons last a lot longer this year, Joel. I mean, I looked at the schedule for the playoffs. The World Series, yeah. the last game would be on November fourth.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, it's it, it started later. It started a week later. Um, so I don't I don't know. I don't know that I ever heard why. I'm sure there's a reason why they started it later. It would seem to me like if you started everything a week earlier, because there's always all those complaints about the season going too long and it getting too cold at the end and all all that type of stuff. I don't know why they just didn't start it a week earlier. Although maybe this benefited the Royals since they played so late last year that it got them a little bit more time off, I I guess. But November seems a little bit weird. If
1: you make the playoffs, at least what I'm looking at, the last game is on October 4th. World Series Game 7 would be November 4th, so it actually be a complete month for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's, I, I do think that's normal, I, but, you know, usually that season's ending around September 27th or 28th or, you know, something like that, and the playoffs are starting September. I mean, no, the wild card game last year for the Royals was September 30th. Right. So wild card games this year are. Um,
1: the next week.
0: You know, October, whatever you said, 4th, 5th, 6th. Yeah. Um, I think the 6th, I mean, the Royals' last game is. He's already in the October, right, in Minnesota.
1: Joe, when do we expect Gordon to come back? Do you have any idea or not?
0: No. Um, look, let's let's look at time frames here, because you're not going to get an exact one from them. They don't want to pinpoint that and you know have to put a hard date on it. They don't need to. Um, but the AAA season, which also goes longer this year, or later, I should say, um, goes, I think, through September 7th. So in theory you could keep Alex there as long as September 7th. I don't think that'll be the case. Although, again, when you talk about not beating the rush, if he were there until September 7th, came back September 8th, he'd still have almost a month in the big leagues. But let's, let's say it probably ends up being somewhere closer to, say, September 1st, rosters expand, they don't need to send anybody back down, and then they can get him in there, they can get him playing most days, um, they can get him a, a day off here, a day off there, Um And so I think right now they're in a really good spot because there's no temptation to to rest him at all. And I I don't know that they would. They've got a really conservative um, and very responsible training staff. But, you know, um, those guys have to answer questions to the manager and to the GM and to the organization about, you know, trying to win games. This is a really nice situation right now um, where they don't need him. Um, Of course, you always need him. They're better with him. Uh, but they're doing fine without him too, and 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 so I think the goal is just let's get this guy right for the playoffs.
1: I agree, Joel Goldberg from Fox Sports Kansas City. Uh, you got a tougher problem too. You got uh, you got Omar and Rios have been hitting well lately, haven't they? They're coming back.
0: They have. It, you know what? It's a great problem to have. This is a really um, plus Zobris, you know, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, uh, two two parts to this. The first part is this is the reason when people say why why is Ned sticking with this guy? Why is Ned doing this? And Look at an example like the Los Angeles Dodgers. I was watching earlier in the week on MLB Network. They were talking about Don Mattingly and a lack of patience. And here's Jock Peterson was was Rookie of the Year candidate, and now he's on the bench. And you know how do you get out of a how do you get out of a slump when you're sitting on the bench? And I think that you know what, what some people that have been around the game a long time said to me as as many many thought. Why is Rios in there still? Why is Infante in there still? And it was maddening. They were really struggling. You know. Um, and it looked like there would be better options. Why not go Paulo Orlando? And the comment I got was they have a track record and no guarantees that they're going to turn things around. But if they do turn it around based on a very long track record, that suddenly makes the Royals even better. And if they don't, okay, you move on. And that's why you try to stick as long as you I, can with guys like Guthrie and, and on and on.
1: Got to do it, right?
0: And, and maybe it happens. And you know what? As far as what happens once they get back, let's see where things are at when the playoffs start. Is everybody hot? what's going on we know this much Zobrist will be in there somewhere.
1: yes sir Joel Goldberg Fox Sports Kansas City check him out on Twitter guys at Goldberg KC thanks for being a contributor to Grill Nation Joel and uh, I'll see you at the stadium soon
0: it's all in the Sox
1: sock 101com thanks Sorry. Joel thanks for listening to Grill Nation we'll join you again next week